Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area. Please be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content, not just the front line with Joe and Joe. Uh, if you're if you're feeling a little mischievous and you want to give the station some feedback, you could go on VeritasCatholic.com, VeritasCatholic.com, and there'll be a section in there for you to provide feedback on any of our shows, good, bad, or indifferent. Let us know what you think. It would be very helpful. And finally, if you'd like to support Joe and I on social media, you could find us on YouTube, primarily at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV. And if you'd like to support us, you could go to TheFrontlineTV.com, TheFrontlineTV.com. That's more. That's a more secure line of communication because YouTube cannot take us down for the things that we say. And heaven knows YouTube would probably love to take us down. That means we're doing something right, by the way. Um, and today we are very pleased and honored to be pleased and honored to be welcoming back to the program a friend of the show, Father Edward Looney. We are going to be discussing his new book, How They Love Mary. 28 life-changing stories of devotion to Our Lady. Joe and I think this is an important topic because we should all have a particular devotion to Our Lady. If nothing else, let's be praying our rosaries um, because that's the protection that we need. Remember, Padre Pio said that the rosary is the weapon. So let's get that through our heads as as Catholics. Um, But we're going to be talking about that and other topics uh, that Father discusses in his book. Uh, For those of you who do not uh, remember Father Looney or are not familiar with him, he is an ordained priest of the Diocese of Green Bay in June, th- June 2015, and he is an internationally recognized Marian theologian, writer, speaker, and radio personality. He's a member of the, Ameri- of the Mariological Society of America and serves on its administrative council. Father Looney is the author of the best-selling books, A Heart Like Mary's and A Rosary Litany, and his writings have also appeared in the pages of Catholic Digest and online at Alatia and Catholic Exchange. Father Ed has also appeared on radio and television through the Apostolates of Relevant Radio, Radio Maria, Shalom World, and EWTN. Father Ed Looney, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Well, great to be with you, Ed. That was too much of a verbose uh, biography that you had to read. <laughs> That's okay, Father. You're you're worth it as far as you know. Sometimes the, the bios get I, I get caught up. I got to be honest. Not with you. It's very straightforward. It's about Mary. It's about Mary. Our our Joe and I we we've entrusted three and a half four years ago. We entrusted our show uh, to Mary and Joseph. Okay, and and we pray to Mary before, which we'll ask you to do for us uh, before every show. And guess what? When you have success, when you're praying to Mary and you have success, don't be surprised that you're having success, um, and that uh, and that heaven is blessing what you do. So this we love to be talking uh, about Our Lady with you. So thank you again for coming on the show. It's always a joy to share the great blessing that we have in our Heavenly Mother who prays for us and who loves each one of us as her own children. 
Amen. Actually, with that, I'm going I'm to hand that over to you, Joe. Father, would you lead us in prayer before we begin? Yeah, we're going to be talking about how we love Mary. And one of the basic ways we do that is by the prayer of the Hail Mary, taught to us by the angel repeating the words of Elizabeth and asking her to pray for us. So let's pray simply that prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, you know, before the show, I was telling Joe, like, you're a pro. You make it easy. I mean, you, you know, you're a radio host. And to be honest with you, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. Um, you really make it easy. Sometimes you got to pull stuff out of your guests. You know, you're not that guy. And that, that really makes it easy for us. And this message is so important. Um you know, it, it's kind of relevant, even though we're taping the show today. I mean, just to tell our listeners to be absolutely transparent um, on f- tomorrow, actually, our Holy Father is going to consecrate the world. Uh, well, Russia, as well as the Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to ask this, but as Joe was reading, you know, your bio, um, you are an expert, <laughs> to be honest with you, and a lot of opinions are floating around. Um, and I'd be interested in your view because uh, there's a lot of stuff going around, and I would, I would, I'd really love to hear your take on it. What, what are your thoughts? What, what do you think will happen? Um, you know, the whole deal. I'm sure you've been following it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, there was one bishop. I think it was Bishop uh, Tobin uh, from Providence, Rhode Island. That he said, we we shouldn't view this as like a magic potion, as some spell that we're doing or anything like that, but that this is the grace of prayer. And so, you know, we expect something to happen, but it might take time. It might not be instantaneous. It can be instantaneous, and that would be beautiful, and that would be a great manifestation to people uh, about the power of God and the power of Mary and intercession. But just to know that what we're doing is we're continuing to fulfill that request of Our Lady. I believe that in 1982 or 83, John Paul II fulfilled the consecration. Sister Lucia said that he did uh, in the way that he did it. I know that there are conspiracy theorists out there that that's not really the real Sister Lucia, that there are pictures that it doesn't look like her or whatever. You know, I, I don't subscribe to the conspiracy theories. I I trust that it, it was the intention of the Holy Father back then. And so what we're doing is we're renewing it. That's what we do in our own Marian consecration. If you've given your life to Jesus through Mary, for example, via the method of St. Louis de Montfort. And uh, and so what does St. Louis say? He says, every year, renew your consecration. So this is a good moment for us to renew that consecration. Now, if for some reason that, that consecration previously was null and void or whatever. Well, here we are, we're attempting it again. So hopefully, um, you know, it satisfies and fulfills. Uh, There are a lot of people out there with strong opinions. Uh, Some people don't think the Holy Father is the Pope. And so you have an anti-Pope who's doing this, you know, so so Fatima's request still hasn't been fulfilled. You know, so you can find every opinion out there. But I just think, look at the fact that there are bishops all over the country, all over the world, and the Holy Father tomorrow leading us in prayer. And uh, if you look at the prayer, 
it's very beautiful and the different titles of Mary it brings out and also uh, just the way that Mary is addressed. In Pope Francis's prayer life, he always brings up in Cana of Galilee. He did it in his pandemic prayer and he did it here for this consecration prayer. So uh, I think it's going to be powerful and we'll just have to wait and see what Our Lady does with it. I think uh, Father Ed Looney joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe and the Veritas Catholic Network. I try to be, and Joe and I, we we try to be, we're, we're not middle of the road guys, okay? We have very strong opinions, okay? If something's right, it's right, and it's wrong, it's wrong. In a case like this, is in case a lot of things going on in the church. I'm not the church. Joe's not the church, okay? We obviously have to trust in the church. Underlying it all, Joe and I are of the opinion, and I obviously I think you would agree, God is ultimately in control. Whether... Those on one side or the other are right or wrong, okay? It may prove out, like you said, to be one way or the other. God is ultimately in control. I heard someone who's very um, opinionated and strong in, in, in what he said. I thought he made the, the best point. He said, at the end of the day, what we should be doing is praying and fasting that for the best possible outcome this Friday. That's what we should be. That's all I could do. I'm I'm not again. I'm not the church. I, I, I don't make these decisions. I trust the church. But what I could do and what we all could do, we could pray. We could fast. OK, and we could ask our Heavenly Father to draw the best possible outcome from this from this consecration tomorrow. And ultimately, I hate to say it this way, then let the chips fall where they may. If you trust in God and you believe he's in control, then I think that's what we should be doing. Do you would you agree with me on that, Father Looney? Yeah, you know, the consecration, of Ru- the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is only one aspect of what Our Lady said in Fatima. She told us, pray the rosary every day for peace in the world. And so for, for those who are listening, like, examine your conscience and say, do I pray the rosary every day? And maybe I don't have peace in the world because I'm not actively trying to fulfill Our Lady's request that she made back in 1917. She also talked about First Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And this was something that I just started in my parishes this year was uh, the observance of the First Saturday. I felt very called to do it. And um, I kind of made the excuse that a nearby parish was doing it. And so my people could go there. And I said, no, I need to do this. And, uh, and so we need to do the first Saturday. So priests have to offer that. They have to lead their people in prayer and devotion. So there's a lot more than just the consecration and uh, let the chips fall. But yeah, as you said, pray. And that's, that's what Our Lady calls us to do. Absolutely. Awesome. You know, it's funny. It just uh, affirms Joe and I started a first Saturday devotion with the, a men's group. We pray publicly the rosary. It's been going on a little over a year. By you saying that, because I've seen this on the Internet, it's also global. That's a movement of the Holy Spirit. Like you, you and I don't talk, Father. You know what I'm saying? Like like, like that to me affirms the reality of that because we all three of us have a devotion to Our Lady. And when I hear stuff like that and when I see like a group of men in Australia, a group of men in Poland, a group of men in Ireland, a group of men in England, a group of men in Austin, that says to me that's real. That's Mary whispering in people's ear and people responding. That's real. It definitely is. And uh, Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit inspires all of us and all of our actions and what we do. You know, it's funny. I sometimes because like, you know, obviously we all want a better world. Obviously, we pray for peace. Obviously, I've been this that might sound nuts. I mean, again, 
you tell me if it's nuts. You, you, you know, well, you're nuts, Joe Resnick. Oh, that's well, true. <laughs> that's true. But what I'm going to say is like, I pray to the Our Lady that she whispers in people's ear because my voice doesn't work. Like people in my own family, people like like that. I pray like I've come to the conclusion that like my words only go so far. And it's the whisper of Our Lady. If you pray to her, she could change the hardest of heart. What do you think about that? Definitely. I, you're not crazy, <laughs> even though you might be at other things. You're not crazy. At this <laughs> no, no, no. He's just, Father, Father Looney, he's a Jersey Italian. He's nuts. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think Our Lady truly does whisper. And one of the things that we'll talk about how they love Mary, one of the ways we love Mary is through Marian pilgrimage, for example. And uh, lots of people throughout history have gone on pilgrimage. I've gone to a number of Marian shrines. And uh, one of the things I always was told by people is that, well, Our Lady called me here. And so they sensed that call of Our Lady. And in fact, next month, I'm going to a a Marian apparition site, which is actually a little controversial um, in Spain called Garamendal. And I have just felt called to go there and uh, to learn more about it and to visit there. And I was just very deeply moved and touched by the message of that apparition. So I believe that's Our Lady whispering in my ear saying, you need to go there. Like, and know this message and see what happens. So I expect God's going to do something there because no, by no stretch of the imagination did I think I'd jump on a plane and fly to Spain to visit some controversial Marian apparition site. You know, and it's also important to, to follow those inspirations because God does work through them. I mean, he think about people, you know, all the saints, you know, I'm not saying that we're saints, but what I am saying is that God works through people like, and and we have to respond to those ideas and those movements of the spirit because they're real. And it's through those steps that God works and miracles happen and, 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 and the world changes. Yes. It's the power of God and Mary obtains these graces for us. And, uh, and so we just have to pray, as we've already said. Absolutely. Father, let's talk about the book. Um, obviously, we want to boost people's love for Our Lady. Um, how does this book, you know, obviously there's been many things written about her. What's specific about this book? I know it's a 30-day devotional, um, and you, you're you're basically looking at different ways that saints, holy men and women, venerated Our, our, our Lady. Lay out the structure for, the, for our listeners. Yeah, so the idea of how they love Mary was something that's been brewing in my mind for a number of years. And, you know, the subtitles, 28 life-changing stories, we're talking about it being a 30-day devotional. That's because we have the intro and the conclusion, you know, so that makes 30 days. But I'm sharing 28 stories of individuals who in my life I've encountered. And some of, and all of them actually are people I've read. They're people that have inspired me. Some of them are saints. Others are people that should be saints one day, you know, with the cause for sainthood. All but one of them, I believe, is deceased. And so uh, so I was just, I guess my realization was that when I was doing all this research, all this writing for, you know, different academic conferences or other projects or when I was in school, was that, well, this stuff is great. 
and like it can be in a journal and no one's going to read it but like you need a book with it in it and uh, you need to rewrite this stuff and and it's so i wanted to take the people who have been so influential in my life and introduce them to other people so it's kind of also a bit autobiographical i share my connection with each of these people as well so like for example, day one is St. Damien of Molokai. Uh, he didn't really have a very overt Marian devotion, but he taught me something about Mary, but he's my birthday saint. So he's been in my life every year. I think about St. Damien of Molokai on my birthday. Uh, and then I just trace like when I encountered a spiritual writer uh, back in the seminary that was so influential. So include that person. Uh, I was introduced to this holy monk when I was at a monastery. Uh, and so it's just showing how these people loved Mary, what they said about her. And my approach is I want to show that it's just more than the rosary. It's just more than a cookie cutter, but that we can all have a real personal and relatable relationship to Mary. And it's going to look different. You know, you're Joe, Joe number one's devotion to Joe number two's devotion is going to look a lot different than, uh, than maybe my devotion, but we all are devoted to Our Lady in some way. Father Ed Looney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello in the breach. We're talking about Father Looney's new book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. Um, Father, one of the things... Uh, we want to talk a little bit about saints, but it just it just struck me. I'd like for you to explain something to both Joe and Joe and myself and our audience. OK, some people might throw up, listen to our conversation, throw up their hands and say, well, you're talking about saints. I can't be a saint. Kind of dispel that a little bit, because if you look at the saints, they might have said the same thing in their own lives. OK, if you think about, let's say, a, a Francis of Assisi or, or, or a St. Augustine, uh, we can be saints. You can't you can't limit God's power. Um, and Mary can help us to at least grow in holiness to the point where, you know, we could do life, you know, world changing things as and, and dare I say, become saints. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we asked the question, well, what is a saint? Well, a saint is one who is in heaven with God. And so that is our goal. Our goal is to be a saint. We want to attain eternal life. And we are all called to be holy, as the scripture says. And as Vatican II said, we're all called to be saints. And I, I think for a person to say, I don't know if I can be a saint. Well, maybe that's actually the right disposition of, of a person who's striving towards holiness. It's them saying, I am weak. But with God, I am stronger. Without him, I am nothing. But with God, I have everything. And so uh, sainthood is something that is truly attainable. And we have Mary's prayers, especially at the hour of our death. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. I'm a sinner, but at the hour of my death, I want to become a saint. And she can help us attain that by her prayers. That, that, that's beautiful. You know, I, I, I've been blessed in my life to meet holy people and holy people change others. There's no question about that. There's no question about that. Like when you encounter the real deal, it's significant and it's tangible. I mean, I could tell you a story. A friend of mine's dad actually went to confession with Padre Pio. He's I, to be honest, I haven't seen my friend Mario in quite some time from the city, but he told me the story. When his dad was young, he went to Italy with his mom and he went to confession with Padre Pio and he went to Italy with the wrong intention to party. He, he said this. So he goes to confession with Padre Pio and he wouldn't give him absolution. He wasn't rough with him, but he would not give it to him. 
And he was asked by one of the monks to help. He was very old to carry him through the hallway, help with his arm around him. He was forever changed, came back, changed his life. And I knew the man in his 80s. He would he was so active in the church that one encounter with Padre Pio, how forever brief it was, changed his whole life, trajectory of his life. He had four children. He built churches in Sri Lanka. This is no lie. All because he encountered Padre Pio. That's how important it is to strive to be holy. And anyone can do it if we avail ourselves to the will of God. Yeah, it's amazing how God can use a simple experience like that. And and uh, it's in meeting these holy people. And maybe you've maybe someone out there has had a similar experience to that could also be meeting them in their writings that, you know, I there was this one writer. She's actually the last person in the book, How They Love Mary. And I put her there because I realized like she was the best last person to feature. And I just happened upon her by accident. And when I'm in Spain, I'm actually going to visit her monastery. Uh, She's a deceased nun, but her name was Sister Teresita Cavedo. And the book was uh, Her her Life Was Merrier. Maybe I don't have that right, but, but she was, I read that biography of her life. And I said, this is a nun who loved the blessed mother more than I could ever love Mary in my life. And I think you could take everybody in the entire world. And this nun loved Mary more than everybody collectively, you know, except for Jesus and God himself, uh, that her devotion to Mary was so profound and made such an impact on me. Or, you know, I I know you guys recently interviewed uh, Kevin Wells, and he's been promoting Venerable Aloysius Schwartz. I read the I read that biography of Venerable Al that he wrote, Priest and Beggar, totally changed my life and my priesthood. And so we can have encounters like that through books that we read that can truly change our lives. Absolutely. Father Ed Looney joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. The topic is Mary. And it's uh, Father Looney's new book, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. Uh, Father, I have to, I want to get into a question, but real quick, we'll mention it a couple of times. Where can folks buy your book? Uh, of course, Sophia Institute Press is uh, the publisher of it. So you can get it right from the publisher. You can get it from wherever you buy books. Of course, the main places on the internet have it, but there's no place like a local Catholic bookstore. I always encourage people to patronize them to help them keep their lights on. I, I say, Father, you know, if, if one of the ways, and I promise, Father Looney, we won't get you in trouble, but if there's one of the things we could do to change the world, stop putting money in the in, in the pockets of those who really, truly are our spiritual enemies. Buy the book on Sophia Institute Press. Support our Catholic publishers, our Catholic bookstores, certainly our Catholic authors. If you're thinking about buying a book that you know is by a Catholic author, research where you could buy it from one of our Catholic publishers, in this case, Sophia Institute Press. Father... Are, are all of us out here? We love we love specific stories, okay, um, about specific people. So let let me segue into this. Saint Francis de Sales, okay, yeah, he's one of the he's one of the saints that in my litany that I I have a personal litany that I pray after my rosary that I pray to Saint Francis de Sales. Um, he suffered from depression, and he was healed uh, through Our Lady's intercession. And you tell that story in the book. Could you tell our audience a little bit about Saint Francis de Sales' encounter with Our Lady? Yeah, so St. Francis de Sales, as a very young man, he uh, 
he, as you mentioned, struggled with depression and he wanted to overcome that. And uh, of course, today we know we, we should go to counseling. We should seek out assistance in that manner, et cetera. But for him, what he did was he went to his parish church and there was a statue of Our Lady and he would pray every day asking Our Lady to take away that depression that he was experiencing. And over time, he realized, well, that that you know, dark cloud that was hovering over me is gone. And, and so that allowed him to become the priest and the bishop that he all, and the saint that he became uh, all because he visited his parish church and prayed by that statue of Our Lady. You know, people think you could say that. And people sometimes, again, they'll think you're crazy. Grace is real. Like grace is real. We're in Lent and Lent is a special time. I've, you know, I've shared this on shows. I, in my twenties was given the grace of perfect chastity as a single person before I got married through Lent, through a priest. I was, I went to confession. I was struggling with this because obviously I had, you know, a change of heart, but if you're going to be Catholic and you're not married, you have to be chaste. That's what the church teaches. I mean, let's be honest. So I was serious about my walk with the faith and I went to confession. The same priest gave me the Eucharist. And when I received the Eucharist, he took his finger and he touched the palm of my hand, look me in the face. And it was very like specific. Like I knew what he was going to, he didn't say a word. I was chaste. And I stay chase and that's real. And that's grace. And that comes through fasting, opening yourself up to the Lord, but that's real. Like, like that is, and people like you could tell somebody that to be like, you're crazy. Well, no, because when you're chase, that is a supernatural gift. You don't just become chase. You know what I'm saying? It's a struggle. It's a, a battle against the flesh. Talk about that. Cause I could tell you that's God's honest truth. Yeah. So that's one of the examples of the saints is that all throughout their life, they prayed for things. And that's why I encourage people. If you notice a struggle in your life, well, name that struggle and say, God, like if I'm struggling with patience, I'm going to ask God to increase patience in me. He might give me those moments to exercise patience, but I'm going to keep asking. That was the whole premise behind my book, A Heart Like Mary's, was that uh, I was, uh, you know, I was kind of a pessimistic, sarcastic, you know, whatever. And a priest said to me, Edward, where's your Marian heart? And then I prayed for a Marian heart. And slowly I began to realize that as I asked for it, I was given it. And, you know, you mentioned your story with chastity. And that's the story of Fulton Sheen. That Fulton Sheen, as a as a young priest, he realized that he needed the Blessed Mother. And so he said, Mary, every day, every Saturday, I'm going to offer Mass in your honor and so he made that commitment to the Blessed Mother. But then he wrote in, you know, uh, The Priest is Not His Own. He wrote in Those Mysterious Priests. He wrote a lot of books about priestly ministry. He said that the priest needs Mary, and Mary will help that priest to remain chaste. Just as Joseph was chaste, just as she was virgin, that he that Mary is going to assist the priest with that. And so that's a, a grace that was accorded to Mary. And so it would make sense for us to say, Mary, help me to be pure. Help me to be chaste. And, you know, there's a devotion of the three Hail Marys for purity, uh, purity of mind, body, and heart. So uh, there's lots of different ways that we can turn to Mary uh, and her example to inspire us in chaste living. Uh, Father Ed Looney, can you... I, I didn't think about asking you this question, but I it, it just I, I feel inspired to ask you. 
just clear up for our audience and for me also the need to understand about grace. You mentioned earlier, like we were talking about the consecration of Russia not being a magic potion. Okay, God's not going to override your free will. That that the need to recognize grace isn't just going to take these things away from you. It, it, grace is something that we need as 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 human beings to respond to as an act of our will. Can you talk about the relationship briefly before the break between grace and our free will? Yeah, so uh, grace is a free gift given to us by God. And so, you know, there's different types of graces. There's sanctifying grace, there's baptismal grace, there's sacramental grace. Uh, and so we could talk about graces. So all of these different aspects of our life, well, God wants to give us these graces, but as you mentioned, our free will, we have to cooperate with the grace. So if I want sacramental grace, well, I'm not going to get sacramental grace if I don't brace the threshold of the confessional. In order to get sacramental grace, I have to go to confession. In order to receive grace from the Holy Eucharist, I need to receive it unless I make that spiritual communion. So, um, so we participate in this life of grace that God wants to offer. And so um, also, you know, we think about the different graces that God has already given us. So by his death, his passion, death, and resurrection, Jesus has given us the grace of salvation and redemption, but we must live a life then worthy and that we ask continually for that grace of his forgiveness for the times that we uh, fall short of what he's calling us to be. So, so there is this, as you mentioned, the cooperation of us, uh, in receiving what it is God wants to give us freely. Absolutely. Father Ed Looney's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're going to take a quick break on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Stick around because we're talking about Our Lady. It's always great to have Father Looney's. We have always have, have a great conversation with him. How They Love Mary. That is the name, the title of the book, the subtitle, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. And we're going to get back into a couple of more uh, examples when we come back. So uh, stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Hey, it's Matt from Restless on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. Each week on Restless, we young adults restlessly seek the face of Christ in today's crazy and mixed up world. Join us each Friday at noon on 1350 AM, 103.9 FM, the Veritas app, or wherever you get your shows. Hope to see you there. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, serving the New York metropolitan area on the Veritas Catholic Network. Please be, down, be sure to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content. The, the uh, interview today is with Father Ed Looney, and the book that he has written is How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of devotion to Our Lady. We and would encourage you to buy the book. More importantly, we would encourage you to buy the book at Sophia Institute Press that published the book. With that, Joe Resinello, I'm going to hand it over to you. Father, on the other side of the break, you talked about grace. And, and this has, again, been my experience with it. Um, God works in the space of sacrifice. Um, when I used to teach uh, in various things in my parish, I always used to tell people that a glass of water a, a glass full of water to the brim, you cannot put milk into it. Even God can't. 
it, it, it goes against the laws of nature. You have to dump the water out and then you fill it with milk. And that's us. And we, you know, like I always refer to John the Baptist, I must decrease, he must increase, but that's an act of our will. When we enter that space of sacrifice, this has been my experience, whether it's through fasting, whether it's through excessive giving, like that a, a gift as Mother Teresa will hurt, whether it's of your time or your treasure, God responds. Grace abounds. Talk, I mean, maybe you have experiences or you've read about that. This has been my personal experience. Yeah, grace abounds. So I, I think one of the things that we can mention here is that we always say that Mary was full of grace. And so God, from the very beginning, because he knew that she was going to be the mother of the Savior, God spared her, made her uh, immaculately conceived. She wasn't tainted by original sin. And so she had this fullness of grace already in her life. But yet God continued to pour out those graces upon her. I've been reading a, a four-volume book. I, I'm just finishing the first volume right now uh, called The Mystical City of God. And that was one of the aspects of this first volume was how Mary had received in abundance all of these things, the perfection of all of these different virtues. And, and, uh, and so she can really inspire us as we pray for an outpouring of all of those graces uh, as we want to receive them. But she was one who knew sacrifice, as you mentioned. And, and, and also, too, as she's the fullness of grace, well, then for us, it's almost as if she overflows that grace of God uh, to each one of us. Uh, the saints believe, and the church teaches this in this idea of Mary's mediation of grace, that God chooses to dispense grace through the hands of Mary. And we see it in the image of uh, the miraculous metal, the rays coming forth from her hands. Uh, those are the graces people ask for and the unasked for graces. So she is this mediatrix of grace. And so we ask, she prays to God and God says, now give this to the people uh, who have come to your, who have asked for your prayers. There's, there's one thing, Father Looney, and, and we're not going to try to be controversial, but, but we're talking about Mary, and we're talking about, obviously, the Catholic view of Mary, okay? Then we said earlier, your book, um, you're writing about Mary. Um, many, obviously, saints, Louis de Montfort and others wrote about Mary. One thing I try um, with charity to ask, and i really love for you to maybe, for maybe some of those who are Christian but not Catholic out there that might be listening to us, um, we always hear sola scriptura, sola scriptura, okay? But in scripture itself, we have the perfect example to say, well, why do you pray to Mary? My response, and please, Father, tell me if I'm wrong, okay? If, I, if, I'm, if my interpretation is wrong. Because the guests at the wedding feast at Cana asked Mary to intercede with them. It's in scripture. It's an example for us. Jesus was sitting right there. But they asked Mary to say to Jesus, please tell your son we don't have any wine. And her response is, or she intercedes, and then her response is to those guests, do what he tells you. Is that not, Father Looney, joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe, is that not pretty much the quintessential example of what our relationship should be with Mary, that we can go to her to intercede with our Lord? Yeah, actually, we could even look at the Old Testament. So Cana is the classic example that Mary notices a need, brings it to the attention of Jesus, and he does something about it. And so for um, 
for for the Old Testament, we believe that Mary that that there was this doctrine of the queen mother. We see it at work, especially in the Book of Kings and such. But that the mother of the king was the queen. Now today we would think that the queen would be maybe the wife of the king. And that wasn't the case in the biblical times. And so there's this whole theology of the queen mother. And Dr. Edward Sri, I think, even wrote his doctoral dissertation on this topic. So he has a book called The Queen Mother. Scott Hahn's written about it. So it's out there in biblical scholarship. But what is the role of the queen mother? She was to advocate for the common people. So, you know, I live in a little hodunk town uh, in rural Wisconsin called Brussels, okay? So, like, I'm driving down Cemetery Road where I live, and there are potholes. So what do I do? Well, I'm going to go to the queen mother, and I'm going to say, there are all of these potholes in the road. Can the king do something about it? And so the queen is going to take my concern and probably the concern of my neighbors and bring it to the king. And the king says, well, tell tell him that we're going to do something about it next year or something like that. You know, <laughs> but but she acts as the intermediary between the common people and the king. And so really, that's how I think we see the Blessed Mother, that she is our queen mother uh, in that regard. I love Excellent. that prayer because it's so, to be honest with you childlike help like that. And that's beautiful. That is a beautiful prayer. That's how we have to be and, and have confidence that she'll respond. And, and she does. I know that uh, I've seen it. Um, the, the grace of a prayer to the blessed mother as she intercedes before her son, go to any of these shrines throughout the world. They have crutches that are there. They have little plaques on the wall that say, I was healed here. It's a very powerful uh, manifestation of the fact that prayers are heard. When, you know, so, so I always, people say, well, why, why Mary in devotion? I say, because it works. It, hmm. People have done it over the centuries. There are shrines in our honor for this very reason. And because it was all a response to a, a request they made. You know, Father I, Ed Looney joining please. us at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. The book is How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. And I dare say the three people you're listening to right now, we love very, Mary very, very much. I could say from my own personal experience, Father Looney, um, I, I, I will say this to the day I die. When I was deep, you know, 15, 18 years ago, when I was deep in sin, Okay, and and voiding confession and and not wanting to you know confront my my you know where my life was at that time, but in my sin I still prayed and our Father a hail Mary and a glory be every night and guess what those prayers were answered as you said it takes time eventually I had to cooperate with that grace okay but nonetheless those prayers were answered and quite frankly I didn't have to do much in my response for, for, for our lady to, to intercede on my behalf and, and, and help me with the Lord to, to pull me out of the, the mud that I was in. Um, it works. It works. Yeah. And once we're pulled out of that mud, well, then we make her prayer our own. Behold, I am your servant, Lord. Do with me whatever you wish. And so we want that prayer of Mary as she intercedes for us and brings us to this point to then say, well, I want to do God's will just as you did God's will. Talk a little bit about St. Teresa of Lisieux. She's in your book. Um, you know, a lot of people have a devotion to her. I particularly recently had a devotion to her because my youngest daughter is born on her feast day. Um, and uh, 
her, I was a little worried about the, the pregnancy of my wife. It was our fifth child and it went seamlessly, seamlessly, um, as a result of my, like, I think prayers. Cause frankly, uh, just to give you a little background it's my wife's fifth C-section. She's 41 years old. I was a little scared. I can't raise five kids without my wife, father. I'm telling you right now I'm done if that's the case. So seamless, seamless, um, talk about, St. Teresa of Lisieux, because she had some issues when she was young and she was cured by Our Lady. Yeah, so the story of St. Teresa of Lisieux is known to us uh, through her autobiography, The Story of a Soul. Lots of people maybe have encountered the spiritual classic. For me, it was one that I had to grow into. I I tried reading at one time and like just, you know, I didn't throw it in the trash bin, but basically, you know, put it aside and said, I don't want anything to do with this book. This is, I, I don't get it. You know, why does everybody like her? And then I picked it up again. And I said, oh, this is why everybody likes her. But in that story of a soul, she shares uh, about a miraculous experience. And you know, she she was this little child uh, and she had a great love for God. She wanted to be a religious sister, came from a very pious household. All of her sisters became nuns. Uh, her parents are now canonized saints, Louis and Zelie. So this is the framework in which St. Therese lived. And so she's in her bedroom. She's very, very sick. They think she's going to die. They brought the priest in. They did the last rites. And then St. Therese of Lisieux, and she's laying there in her bed, is looking at the statue of Our Lady that's in the corner of the room. And the statue of Our Lady comes to life and smiles at her. And in that moment, St. Therese knew in her heart that God had healed her by the smile of Our Lady. And so St. Therese was devoted to Our Lady all throughout her life. She went to different shrines before she entered the convent uh, and then looked to Mary, especially uh, in regard to the religious life as a model and example for her. Father Ed Looney, um, a very uh, popular devotee to Our Lady uh, was Pope St. John Paul II. So his, uh, call it a motto, if you will, is... Uh, Totus tuus. I think I'm butchering the Latin, but you can <laughs> bear with me on that. Totus tuus. Totally yours. All right. What does that mean? Like, how does how does that look, Father, to someone from the outside? If if I, let's say, Joe Pasillo, um, I am totally Mary's. If I give myself to her totally, what does that mean? How does that look? Yeah, so this comes to us from St. Louis de Montfort, this idea of total consecration. This phrase, totus tus, is one that is hers, uh, that, that is in that book. And so John Paul II said that St. Louis de Montfort changed his life, that the trajectory of his life was forever changed when he read True Devotion to Mary and made that act of total consecration. So totally yours. So to give our lives totally to Mary, I, I think it's really to live an imitation of her, to say, God, I am all yours, just like Mary was all yours. And, and there's lots of different ways that, you know, we could look at this. Um, this idea of Mary and consecration, I always look to the fact of, of John's gospel. Jesus says, behold your mother, woman, behold your son. And, uh, and so from that hour, the disciple took Mary into his home. So totally yours. Well, Mary, I want you to be the mother of my life. So, so totally that, that, you know, I live with you. I talk with you. It's just this act of entrustment. It's giving ourselves, knowing that she's going to bring all of our needs, just like she brought the needs of that couple at Cana, that she'll bring them to the attention of the Lord. 
You know, it's funny, you know, in one of our interviews, to be honest, I don't remember uh, which one it was, but someone said we have to pray dangerous prayers. That's a dangerous prayer. Totally yours, because God will, if you're serious about that, God's calling you on it. Like, and he may call you in a way that is like, whoa, like, like, and that's, I think, how, to be honest with you, we change the culture. That's how we change our communities. We have to be willing to pray dangerous prayers um because that's a dangerous prayer god may ask you to do something that you're just, i'm not talking about like robbing a bank uh, but i'm talking about being radical because christ was radical mary was radical mary's yes just to put it because we all pray the rosary and i pray on this when i pray the joyful mysteries she should have been killed stoned to death she knew the law that request required death to her and she knew it she said it anyway and that was the beginning of many asks of god to her and joseph we can go on and on and on they responded to each one that's a dangerous prayer yeah so all i i, I like that and i just heard that recently too so wherever you heard it i've heard it too so that speaker whoever it was is uh uh, yeah, I, I've heard that. Uh, but those are powerful prayers. And but you know, talk talk about any of the different topics we've already mentioned, whether it's patience or chastity or whatever. Those are those are prayers we need to pray, but they're dangerous prayers. Uh, another dangerous prayer is like, God, take me wherever you want to go, wherever you want to take me, take me, lead me. Because I, I think that's a, a fear a lot of times that people have is that, you know, some people might not pray regularly because they're afraid of what God is going to ask them to do. They're going, they're afraid of maybe the dangerous ask of God when they go to God in prayer. Like maybe God will say, I want you to go be a missionary in Peru. <laughs> and so, so you're like, well, no, God, I don't want to go be a missionary in Peru. I live here. I I'm very happy and content doing what I want. So, so yeah, we, but, but if we make our ask these requests with a, a deep faith and trust in God, well, we know that he'll lead us and bring us to where he wants us to be. I, I want to just talk about, oh, I'm sorry, please, Joe. No, no, no. I, I was just going to say, and you could get into it, Joe, just hold that thought. But I do want to uh, allude to something you mentioned or, or someone you mentioned earlier, uh, Father Ed Looney joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. How dangerous was it for a man like Father, Father Mol uh, Damien of Molokai? Here's a, here's a guy knew he was going to get leprosy. He knew at some point he was going to die of leprosy. And basically that, that danger that you're talking about, he stay, I think it was 10 or 15 years. He was in the leper colony tending to the, the to the sick. And he, if you see a picture of him before he went in and a picture before his death, he there's a, that's why he's saying Yes. I mean, like you said, it'd be really nice to be a priest in, in, in you know, South, South Florida, you know, where you go to you know, go. And there's nothing wrong with being a priest in South Florida or Green Bay, Wisconsin or anywhere else. OK, but that's that danger I think you're talking about. But but someone like St. Damien of Molokai, well, he changes the world. Someone like Francis of Assisi, who even Vladimir Lenin said, if I had 10, 10 men like like Francis of Assisi, I would have changed the world. They still recognize that these guys are something about them. I think it's the acceptance of that 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 danger and overcoming that fear. 
Yeah, definitely. And for Damien Amolokai, he volunteered for it. It wasn't like he he was asked to do it. His brother was the one that was actually supposed to go, but his brother became very sick. And so his brother stayed behind and he said, I will take my brother's spot. Damien Amolokai wasn't even a priest at that moment. He had to be ordained in Honolulu when he arrived there in Hawaii. So he knew what he was signing up for when he said, I want to go minister to the lepers in, in that colony of Molokai. And people have, I think those are important stories because these are regular people, like people responding. That could be you. That could be me. I mean, I'll, I'll just share two quick ones. There's a, a guy, he was a, a, a doctor. He was close with the missionaries of charity. He came from a rich family. He said, anyone could do what I'm doing. I'm a rich man and I'm in the, like the Atlanta, Georgia area. He, he opened up a children's hospital in Peru. You made me, you said Peru. Well, that's <laughs> what he did. And it's funded through Providence and his siblings. That is a dangerous prayer. Another man played football for Brown University, a surgeon, went to Duke Medical School, Ivy League degree football player. He serves in the Sudan. He lives there. He's on a stamp in the Sudan. He's still alive. You could Google him. I think they're making a movie about his life. That's a dangerous prayer. That's a man. He's a regular man. He chose to follow God radically. So did Noah. So did Jonah. So did everybody who did something in this earth. On this earth. I'm from yeah. Jersey. My, my English is horrible, Father. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All of these people followed God's will for their life. And that's what Mary did. You know, one of the interesting things about the Blessed Mother, I think, and this is actually where I'm at in the Mystical City of God by Maria Vagrida right now, is that uh, she was in the temple for, you know, from the age of three, let's say, to uh, she says 14 was when she was betrothed to Joseph. And so when, when God told her, I want you to be married, uh, Mary was very perplexed by this. She said, I've made a vow of virginity. I want to dedicate my life to you, God. Why would you call me to be married? And so she had to trust what God was going to do. She, according to Maria Vagrida, she prayed for like nine days in Novena. And then, uh, and then St. Joseph was selected to be her spouse. And according to Maria Vagrida, again, this is all like outside of public revelation, uh, Maria Vagrida said that, well, Joseph had taken a vow of chastity at the age of 12. And now in his age, he takes Mary as his spouse. And so now you have the two. So God had a plan and his whole purpose for the marriage of Joseph and Mary was so that when Jesus was born, that he would be born into a family. And that would, that would spare certain aspects of, of ridicule if she, if she wasn't married. So, so God had a plan for her, just as God had a plan for all of those people who followed uh, his lead. Father Ed Looney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're talking about Mary because Father Ed Looney's new book is How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady. Father, I, I have a question for you, okay? We, we look to examples in history. In other words, we don't, we don't, our, ours is a reasonable faith. We, we know that, let's say, devotion to Our Lady works because it's worked in the past. We have documented history that shows that. So why do I bring up history? Mexico, before the church got there, was a depraved place, okay? 
if you think America's depraved now, I mean, America probably is. A, there's parallels. Obviously, you can make we, we we have abortion rampant in this country. There was human sacrifice, all this depravity in their civilization. OK, and the, the, the Spanish had been there for a while. Correct me if I'm wrong on my history, Father Looney. OK, and making a little bit of headway as far as conversions. But when Our Lady appeared at Guadalupe within 10 years, the entire nation of Mexico, OK, the entire nation of Mexico was converted to the Catholic Church, okay, uh, within 10 years, okay, with her appearance to St. Juan Diego. Talk about the need. Yes, I'm speaking out there to our non-Catholic Christian brothers and sisters, okay? Mary has interceded in history. We have the example in Mexico. Father, the reason why I'm bringing it up is everybody's looking for political solutions to our problems. They want this law or that politician or this leader or whatever the case might be, and these are bad guys and these are good guys. Talk about maybe getting on our knees, and asking Mary, like the like the guests at the wedding feast of Cana, to intercede with Jesus when it comes to a, a renewal of America or a re- rebirth of, of America. If we really care about our nation, we should invoke Our Lady. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the Guadalupe story is a very powerful example of that, where Mary shows up, gives the tilma, people hear the gospel message, and they're instantly converted on the spot. There was another apparition of Our Lady in 1859 in Champion, Wisconsin, so 20 minutes from where I live. But Mary revealed herself to the visionary Adele. I am the queen of heaven who prays for the conversion of sinners. So Mary is praying for the conversion of sinners. Well, if you're looking for the conversion of abortionists or for politicians or whatever the case is, Well, entrust them to the intercession of Mary. Obtain their conversion. There are so many stories of conversions that Mary has obtained. There's the story of Alphonse Radisbone, who was converted by the miraculous medal. The Father Callaway loves telling the story of the satanic priest Bartolo Longo, who was converted by the rosary. So Mary obtains conversion. So even the most hardened hearts, when the warm, tender heart of Mary touches their heart, it begins to change. And that's the power of Mary's prayers. I think that that's what I think that's what Joe Racinello was talking about earlier. When you empty that glass of one liquid to fill it with another, it requires change. And I think I think it's obviously that's the source of our fear as fallen human beings is that that willingness to change. And, you know, it's not easy. You say, hey, you should change. You should change. You should change. Change isn't easy obviously doable. That's why we have you on the show, Father Looney. So you're telling our audience how they can ask Mary and pray to Mary to help us to embrace that change and to not be fearful of it. Yeah. And again, it's kind of, we examine our lives and we say, well, where do I need to change? What area of my life needs conversion? And maybe as we read about some of these different people, we'll say, well, yeah, this is where I need an area of growth in my life. And we'll begin to pray for that. And uh, hopefully we'll see that happen. I'll tell you, like the will, you know, thy will be done. We pray it all the time, every day, you know, but that is a heavy prayer to bend our will. And I think of, you know, movies give you good images. And I think of the passion that Mel Gibson, the movie, The Passion. I always remember this image of when Christ was crucified, Mary clenches like the sand in her hand, almost like she was angry or she was struggling. I I mean, I I mean, I'm not a theologian and there was a little artistic, you know, like, you know, a little, there you go. Good. You know, but I like the image because then she lets it go. It's powerful. I mean, like that is to, to, to 
to really bend your will to accept something that's so horrible is impossible without God. But with God, it is. And that's the source of everyone's problem. Mine and everyone who hears my voice is our will. And we need Our Lady to help us to do that. Yeah, we need to conform our will to that of God's and say, Lord, I want what you want for my life. Go back to the story of Mary's presentation of the temple. She had one idea. I want to be a virgin the rest of my life. She allows God to change that in the sense of now I'm entering into a marriage. But then she sees how God allows that still to take place. So, so she never expected to be a mother because she was going to be this virgin. And so how is it that a virgin could be mother? But yet when, Mar- when the angel asks, she says, I will do what God wants. And she conformed her will to that of God's. Absolutely. Father Ed Looney joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasolo, Joe Rosinol. Please go out and buy the book, uh, How They Love Mary, 28 Life-Changing Stories of Devotion to Our Lady, available at Sophia Institute Press. Joe Rosinello, we have about two minutes for a final question for uh, for Father Ed Looney or a final comment, whatever you prefer, Joe. Well, actually, Father Ed has a podcast and everyone should be listening to it. Could you tell everybody what you're doing on your podcast? Um, Because I'm sure, you know, to be honest with you, You have great guests, you have great subjects, and people should be listening. Yeah, so the podcast is actually called How They Love Mary. So, <laughs> Oh, there's a shock. By the way. I, I didn't say, that, that came right out of left field. You know, when I started the podcast back in 2019, my goal was to write a book of the same title. And uh, and so now the book has been written and we're talking about it. And, uh, and so How They Love Mary has just always been this conversation I have with different Catholic people about whatever it is they're doing. But then we incorporate Mary into the conversation. And uh, also then, too, uh, with the book release, uh, it comes out at the end of April, beginning in May, I'm going to go through 28 lessons. I'm bringing on a guest each week. So the first week, we're going to talk about Damien and Molokai. I'm going to have a guest talk about priestly holiness and things like that. And he's actually gone to Molokai and served as a priest there uh, for a time. So, uh, you know, so every week there's going to be like a companion podcast to one of the lessons as we subsequently go through the book. So, yeah, I encourage you to check it out on, on whatever podcast platform you listen. Okay. And <clears throat> Father Looney, are all of your books available at Sophia Institute? Maybe you could give our audience a couple of your other titles that they might be interested in. Yeah, at Sophia Institute, I have uh, Meditations After Holy Communion and A Lenten Journey with Mother Mary. And Ave Maria Press has A Heart Like Mary's and Behold, I Am the Handmaid of the Lord. So, uh, And then OSV has A Rosary Litany. So those are uh, my titles. Father, this is all great information that we've given to our audience today, all right? And we want to thank you so much. Because like Joe and I on our social media, a lot of times, Father, we are focused on the culture war because it's, you know, you're, you got your head in the sand if you think we're not in a spiritual battle, a culture war. But Joe and I really emphasize the need all the time to to put God first or else, or else we're never going to, we're never going to have the type of society we want. And, and having this conversation with you, I think just, just reinforces that point and the need to put God first. So we want to thank you so much uh, for coming on the Veritas Catholic radio network and, and imparting these ideas to our audience. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure and uh, happy to be with all of you today. 
Thank you, Father. And thank you all out there for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. As I said, on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Remember, you could download our app. So in Alaska or Arkansas or California, okay, you could hear our show just because we're going live in Connecticut. You could download the app, Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app, and you could have access to all of our station's content. Please follow Joe and I, if you don't mind, if you like what we do. We have social commentary, cultural commentary on YouTube at The Frontline TV, The Frontline TV. Like, subscribe, and share. Do all that fun stuff. And if you'd like to support us in any way, you could support us at TheFrontlineTV.com, TheFrontlineTV.com. Thank you once again, and thank Father Edward Looney once again. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.